There's so much information out there on the internet. Some of it has some merit to it. Some of it definitely doesn't. Unless there is really good evidence for um, something, I try to have a balanced approach to say, you've got to have some normal life here as well. Mm. I'm Chris Lawson. In 2015, I started my journey into the world of IVF. Along the way, there was heartache, pain, wacky diets, loss of faith, and a lot of needles. It's a roller coaster ride at the best of times, and as I sat in the fertility clinic waiting room, many times alone with my thoughts, I realised that men don't talk about fertility much. That's why I decided to start up this podcast, IVF Dad. This is my story, and it features some of the experts we've met along the way, complete with advice, support, and money-saving tips. Episode 11. Superstitions, Diets and Belief in Anything. Hope. Such a powerful word. But sometimes it can feel quite empty. We hope this one will be the one. We hope we are doing everything right. We hope we have made the right decision. At times we were both physically and mentally exhausted. And you have to find a way to keep moving forward, keep living your lives, keep supporting each other, whilst hoping that your dreams and goals can come true. And sometimes Trish was my strength and sometimes I was hers. But we were both looking for inspiration and hope from external sources as well. Mine was faith in the process and case studies of miracle babies and looking at how to reduce stress and scouring the internet for facts to back up our chances. But we were doing the right thing and sticking to the plan. Trish was more about the power of acupuncture, nutrition, reflexology and Chinese medicine. We still had all of those flyers back from the fertility show. Check back to episode one for a reminder. Do you know what? Even as I write this, I still can't believe sometimes that we have Rosie. I prepared myself for so much disappointment or an alternative life over that whole of those six years. I, I suppose it's about self-preservation, but at the same time I still believed, yes, it is possible. I think it's healthy to have realism and to think that your dreams can come true at the same time. And that's the scar tissue. That's the memory of how painful that journey is. So if you're on it, stick with it and take inspiration wherever and whenever you can. And that could be science, that could be friends, that could be religion, it could be alternative experts, online communities, Dr. Google, anywhere to give you faith to carry on and believe that a positive outcome is possible. And there is no shortage of recommendations to help improve your chances of success. You can go down many fertility-shaped rabbit holes on the internet. Who knows what works and what doesn't? And it's a very personal thing. Trish and I had very different views as to what was important and what wasn't. Some of which we just had to agree to disagree on. And some of which we changed our minds over the course of time. Trish, I do remember, was really surprised when our first round didn't work and she didn't get pregnant. And she just went off and explored other stuff that could help support her. I'd also listened to a couple of podcasts by fertility experts talking about food and nutrition. And they surprised me as I hadn't really considered the whole well-being side before. We also sat down and watched a couple of TEDx talks as well. And what struck me was that there was very, very little from a male perspective. 
And it did make us think about what we were doing holistically, putting the body in balance. And to be honest, the basics are actually nothing different to what a doctor will tell you or a nutritionist or what you can read in the weekend papers or any number of Instagram blogs. Get your nutrients, follow a balanced, wholesome diet, but don't go to extremes as there are other things that will make a greater impact, like not smoking, for instance. That's just a complete no-no. But as with everything, there's a question as to how far you go. It's easy to get obsessive versus broadly following the advice. It reminds me of getting married. Before you know it, all the essential extras start to add up more than a wedding in the first place. Or you can follow one trend that is guaranteed to have great results and increase fertility for it then to fade away. And then another trend to come up with guaranteed results just as quickly. Patricia had always used acupuncture and had a good belief in that. And so it was natural for her to carry on using that. Now, interestingly, the medics will agree that stress does play a role in the implantation process. So anything that could release the pressure was good in my books whether it was a direct result, contributory, or a placebo effect. But then Trish wanted me to visit a Chinese herbalist. Suddenly I was involved. It wouldn't have been top of my list. But then again, neither would personalised name cards of a wedding on 300 grand embossed card. You get my picture. The sort of stuff you just need to get on and do as part of a couple. Just as a full sound system big enough for two venues, not one, didn't seem to be quite top of Trish's list and seemed a little bit excessive, but seemed perfectly reasonable from my perspective. And everyone had a great time at our wedding, so both contributed in some shape or form. So I went, and they felt my pressure points, and told me that I needed to take these herbs to help with my sperm production and eat lots of meat. So I did what I was told. I came out with my bag of herbs that looked a little bit like parsley and cost 50 quid, and some odd tasting tea. The alternative stuff breaks down into a number of categories. Those that will reduce stress and improve mental well-being, nutrition and supplements, alternative medicines and treatment, and then there's another category. I'm just going to call it alternative for now. And who am I to say which ones are important and which ones aren't, or which ones worked and which ones don't? At the end of the day, Rosie was born and something contributed to that and we will never know exactly what. Or maybe they didn't contribute practically, but they gave us more confidence to keep the faith and keep trying. So, I'll just let you know what we did and some of the rationale for it. But there were a few things that I just had to draw a line under. Call me a non-believer, call me dictatorial, unfair, whatever. When Trish wanted to see a clairvoyant and pay £200, I felt that this was a waste of money and that we should be putting that money towards the next round of IVF. But there were also things that we did consistently, some which to me felt like a bit of a fad, but we followed for a while, and some that we were pretty sure didn't make a blind bit of difference, but did keep us grounded. And some that were just fun and kept us smiling and distracted. And that is so important in this process as well. So I'm going to class these hit, miss or maybe. But remember, this is nothing more than my view and it isn't related to scientific evidence for or against. 
I'd like to come back to this again at some point and explore it in more detail, maybe in another series. So first up, reducing stress. When we moved out of London to reduce the stress, Trish gave up work for a bit, as her work was intense and everyone was telling her to relax. And over time, she did relax. Did that have an effect on the final outcome? Who knows? What I do know is that the only time Trish got pregnant before we were successful with Rosie was when we changed our lifestyles and moved to Norwich for a year. And when we were married on cloud nine, back from honeymoon, recharged, we got pregnant successfully. So that's a hit. Next up, drink and nutrition. Let's start with drink. When we moved to Norwich, and I'm Chief Marketing Officer of Virgin Wines, and trying to drink in moderation, where there's a sample room of 200 delicious wines. An enjoyment of wine is part of a job, and it was incredibly hard, and I felt torn. I did try and keep my consumption down to 10 units a week, as the doctor had asked, and I managed that, shall we say, inconsistently. Trish was much more consistent, but then we would have an IVF on-season and an IVF off-season. We look after ourselves, we follow all the guidelines, we look after our bodies and we eat and drink healthily and then we get bad news and we'd have a blowout. Fuck it, why not? We deserve a release. It normally ends up in vomit or tears or both. But we are a couple and we have to look after ourselves as well as our future lives. And we liked having fun. Now, that was a moderation I know, so I'm going to have to give that one a miss. Nutrition. That extra time up in Norwich also allowed Trish to explore some alternative routes, which I was a bit sceptical about. She went to see a natural fertility expert and we did a food diary and went back for a follow-up appointment. We were eating more proteins, less sugars and processed food. Not that we ate much processed food anyway, to be honest. And it was quite a meat-heavy diet that was being recommended, which surprised me. I thought it might be more vegan. And we had a slow cooker for bone broth. And by day four, the smell had just about left the house. I had to make golden milk, turmeric and almond milk in addition to the bone broth, plus sauerkraut, again, from a nutrition perspective natural microbes working in your gut, antioxidants, great, golden milk, a traditional Indian recipe from ancient times, more about that later on. So all of these are positive. They also asked Trish to cut down to one cup of coffee a day. And throughout the process, she had an illegal cup of coffee every single day. I still like to remind her of that. It cancels out and balances my beer intake. And all of this takes time and it costs a fortune in whole food shops. But it's probably a good thing to do. And it was also good for the environment. But it was hard work. And it almost felt more hard work than some of the IVF cycles. But you know what? I'm going to give it a hit. Because in a way, there was so much to follow. We didn't manage to do it all. But a healthy, balanced, nutritional diet worked well for us. And we had a lot of fun along the way and still do some of it. Supplements, herbs and vitamins. We'd been given our list by Dr. Taylor and we were advised by different people that some brands were much better than others because they get absorbed in the system more. 
and there were nutritionists that had firm belief that some brands were easier to absorb. So we went with it. We used Wild Nutrition. That's a brand of choice and one called Solgar. And I wish I'd bought shares in both companies, put it that way. And after my first bag of herbs from a Chinese specialist, I didn't go back for another. I just couldn't keep spending money on everything without knowing what they really were and understanding why I needed them as well as some vitamins. But this all links into nutrition. So I'm going to give them a hit as well. And we still religiously take the vitamins needed to improve fertility as you just never know. Tricia also did a fertility massage, which involved being wrapped up like a mummy and involved some chanting. I'm going to give that a miss. But for Trish, it was about visualisation and letting go of some of her fears. I asked her about it and she said it gave her space to think. So I think she would class it as a maybe. But hey, this is IVF dad, not IVF mum, so it's a miss in my book. And I was given a step-by-step massage guide to follow to massage Trish in a run-up to the transfers all around the womb and abdomen. And see, I like this one. It explained what to do, what it was for, and it was handy. And I could use it every single time. So it was good value for money. And it was to increase the blood circulation to the womb. And it made sense to me. And it was a nice distraction. So that's a hit. I'll dig it out and put it on IVFdad.com. Reflexology. So Trish went to see a reflexologist called Peter who runs a place called Soma in Essex Road in London. And you will meet him later on. I actually think the whole idea of Chinese medicine and meridian lines is absolutely fascinating. And who is to mess with thousands of years of knowledge? But what I really liked was that it was giving Trish space and she needed it. As man, this journey can be exhausting. So I'm going to give that a massive hit. Positive mindset and visualisation. There was a real belief that we were going to be parents above all. And we were starting to prioritise the body and what we put in it. And also get our heads into the right space. And all of this took time. And getting our heads in the right space, even if it meant that strength to try again or get through a miscarriage or make the sacrifices to pay for it all, was absolutely essential. I also think it did focus us in a way that sort of yoga does, that visualisation technique to help you connect with your body and support what is important. And when you are fearful and you don't see a positive outcome, it's really a hard thing to comprehend. So you need to visualise what that goal is. Trisha always said to me that she wanted to get married and then have a baby as she wanted to be in a secure relationship. And friends of hers have theories that maybe that was something psychologically blocking her until that was in place. I don't know. So perhaps that law of attraction and making space played a part, maybe. And what I do, well, while Trish was having a full body workout, well, I ran around the block or I did half marathons, but I ran. And whatever mood I had when I left the house, it was always better when I came back and I often found a quiet place en route, somewhere where I could let my emotions out. That was definitely a hit. And talking of hits, music, incredibly important to me. I found myself listening to a lot of heavy guitar rock 
just something to get that emotion out. And sometimes something a little bit more soulful as well. The alternative section, consistency. I came back one day and all the aerosols were out the house and we were on organic household cleaners and dab-on deodorants, which I've got to say are not that effective, but they are meant to reduce the levels of chemicals and toxins. A couple of months later, we were back on normal aerosols. So I've got to give this one a miss and a miss for green thinking as well, I'm afraid. Every time we went to a new place, we went to churches, lit a candle and I prayed. I found myself going into more churches and in Japan on our honeymoon, we went to a Buddhist temple and did a fire ceremony. I wrote on a piece of wood and put it in the fire and we prayed. I'm not going to tell you what it said, but I'm definitely going to call this one a hit as five months later, Trish was pregnant. We looked for stories to give us hope. Very good friends of mine had moved to the States and had posted on Facebook after their twins were born and called out the amazing support that they had had along their painful fertility journey over many years and told everyone else to keep the faith. I remember reading it to Trish in bed and saying, see, it is possible, as we both cried. Her friend could only afford one round of IVF and got pregnant first time. See, it is possible. Another good friend of mine sat me right down right at the start of this journey and said, just get on with it, Chris. If you love it and want to make it work, time doesn't wait, just get on with it. Another friend talked about how she went for reflexology and used that session to cry and cry to give her the courage to carry on. All of these stories help you summon up a bit more energy and you have to believe. Okay, let's take a break and check some facts and meet some alternative voices. Let's talk about golden milk. It actually tastes pretty good. It's non-dairy milk, so almond milk or coconut milk or whatever. Then what you want is one and a half teaspoon of ground turmeric, some ground ginger, some cinnamon, some black pepper, and if you need it, a sweetener of your choice. So you have the milk, the turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, and you whisk it and you combine it and you simmer it for about four minutes and turn off the heat and that's it. That's easy. And just as a recap for male fertility, boosting male fertility naturally. Again, let's remind ourselves of some of those things to focus on. Definitely no smoking, tobacco or marijuana. You have to watch your stress levels. Lack of sleep is also considered that it may contribute towards it. So sugar and blood sugar spikes can actually make quite a big impact on testosterone levels and can impact it by up to 25% apparently. And drink? Well, I'm going to let the experts answer that. I would normally suggest to couples that they try to reduce alcohol down to ideally less than 10 units in a week. And so the occasional drink is, is okay. Try to avoid binges, really heavy sessions. And that may not be so great for, for sperm. A good balanced diet. You should all really be tending towards more perhaps Mediterranean um, style diet. Um, making sure you've got plenty of fresh fruit, 
uh, vegetables, antioxidants naturally. We all tend to these days just turn to supplements, but perhaps the best source of nutrition is to make sure that our diet is good in the first place. And some people actually do go off and want to have a chat with a nutritionist to make sure that their diet is reasonable and that we're not having too much processed food and ready meals and takeaways and things. And we're actually bothering to cook from scratch with fresh produce. There's so much information out there on the internet that some of it has some merit to it, some of it definitely doesn't. So I think rather than getting couples to have an utterly miserable life on top of going through the whole fertility journey, unless there is really good evidence for um, something, I try to have a balanced approach to say you've got to have some normal life here as well. Mm. And what about some of the alternative medicines? Here's Dr. James Nicopolis from Alista Hospital, who you met in episode three. I'm really chilled out, really, about some of the alternative medicines in that, using acupuncture as an example, I'm less than convinced that that it really affects the outcome positively. The evidence is really, really mixed. So my feeling is if acupuncture were going to improve someone's stress levels and quality of life, do it. If the yeah. thought of traipsing across London to get somebody to stick needles in you, scares the life out of you, don't do it. Yeah. It's not going to do any harm yeah. from a... From a sperm point of view, some of the antioxidants that can improve sperm DNA level, levels, um, you know, are probably valuable to try. The real evidence of them increasing sperm count, pregnancy rates, is pretty limited. No great evidence on decreasing miscarriage rates, mm-hmm. but again, they're probably not going to do any harm. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of evidence that has linked Chinese herbal medicine with some benefit in the sperm parameters. So again, I'm not averse to people doing it. We're never quite sure what's in some of these herbs, so we tend to get people to stop them when they actually start treatment. Mm -hmm. So as long as there's no evidence of harm, then it's not unreasonable as long as people aren't spending crazy amounts of money on things Mm -hmm. and they're aware of the the limits on evidence. How much of this process do you think is medical and how much of this is just positive mindset? If some of these things help you, then great, but... um... I think there's two sides of the answer to that. In terms of the impact on outcome, Mm-hmm. I think it's almost all medical. Mm-hmm. Partly what we do and partly the building blocks that, that you guys give us. Uh, and I don't really honestly think that the positive mental stuff is is what's going to be the key to deciding whether you're going to get pregnant or mm-hmm. not. But I think any of that that helps people through the process, helps you with, with uh, coping mechanisms or support through that, I think is vital. So it's got to be a mixture of both. It really has. Now, earlier I mentioned reflexology and how Trish found it gave her the headspace she needed. I went back to chat with Peter, the owner of Soma Therapies in Essex Road, North London. It was recorded in his treatment room, as you can hear from the relaxing music. It's not just about fertility, but sometimes when you really want something, it can actually stop you from getting it. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm, when I'm working with fertility, the, what I look at it is how the person is at the time, especially stress levels. I believe that you know, if somebody's rushing around and has a really active life and lots of pressures and expectations, that can be a hindrance. And I believe it's not you know, having a baby or getting pregnant isn't something you can just slot in in January or March. It sounds crazy, but what I try to do is get the, the patient to forget about fertility for the mm. session. Mm-hmm. It's almost as though we're trying to um, prepare a person's mind and body to accept. With reflexology, there are specific pressure points that um, are related to fertility. Um, things like pituitary gland, um, 
ovaries, uterus, um, whole hormonal system. So we're treating the whole body but focusing on one area. So while doing that, what I find essential is to make sure the person is relaxed. And if we're able to take the mind, the mind off their stresses or, or their concern just for one hour, yeah. it, it's quite effective. Yeah. So that's, normally, that's what I'm going for in a treatment. Yeah. Okay, back to the story. The final category. I'm going to call it just doing your best. Every time we had an embryo transfer, I thought it was important to be there. You know, to start that potential new life. Then one came up where I was abroad and I was literally flying back from China across London when I knew Trish was going in. Because this doesn't work to your schedule. You work with a body clock and when they ring you and they tell you that the results of some tests or the embryos are in and it means that you have to act on it, you have to act on it. I was devastated. I was gutted to miss this really, really important point. But there was nothing I could do. And I thought that I had broken our routine, our belief system, I jinxed it somehow. But you know what? That one wasn't the one, but a future one was. So just do your best. No one can ask you to do any more. Coming up is episode 12, The Last Throw of a Dice. Thank you for listening. This has been IVF Dad. I started this podcast to provide support during the lonely fertility journey and ensure others didn't suffer in silence. So please do share it with anyone it can help. Log on to ivfdad.com. I would love to hear from you and hear your stories. For future episodes, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, etc. Follow us on Insta and Twitter at ivfdadpodcast. And on the website, check out the email and the show notes. There's some great links, advice and money-saving tips. Stay healthy, stay positive, And remember, it only takes one.